to the Mariners cast presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is August 16th. Mariners won last night, 10-8. On today's Mariners cast, we will uh, review last night's game, talk about the offensive explosion, uh, what could have been for Emerson Hancock, uh, Andres Munoz and his struggles, what's behind it, what should the Mariners do, and then dive a little bit into the bullpen. Uh, I'll present some ideas of of things that I think the Mariners could do to improve the bullpen um, and provide some stability. And then uh, we'll review today's pitching matchup of Luis Castillo against James MacArthur. I think MacArthur is going to be an opener Uh, But we'll talk about him anyways and uh, any other loose ends to tie up. So today is game three of the four games set against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, The Mariners are now 64 and 55. They are seven and a half games out of the American League West and two games out of the wild card. Uh, Currently have a plus 59 run differential, seven and three in the last 10. And according to ESPN, the Mariners' playoff odds are 29.8%, and according to fan graphs, they are 29.5%. Um, so they're hanging in there. Uh, this game was wild, ended up being a 10-8 game in the end for the Mariners. Uh, they won it in the 10th inning. 10 runs, 14 hits, 4 walks, 4 home runs. They all came in the 4th inning. I guess 4s were wild in this game. Uh, the pitching matchup was Emerson Hancock against Jordan Lyles. Uh, This was the one game where I felt like the Mariners did not necessarily have the pitching advantage, although Jordan Lyles came into uh, the game with the highest ERA for a qualified starting pitcher in the major leagues. Uh, Hancock ended up going five innings, nine hits, five earned runs, no walks, one strikeout, one home run. Uh, I'll dive a little deeper into his outing. I don't think it was as bad as the line says. We'll dive into that in a minute, but game was 0-0, top of four. Mariners put up seven runs in in this fourth inning. Uh, Four home runs, one from Ty France, one from Eugenio Suarez, one from Teo Hernandez, and surprisingly a home run from Josh Rojas. Uh, Offensively, I'll just talk overall offensively in this game, Ty France went four for six. He had three RBIs, a double, and his 10th home run on the season. Uh, He also had a big clutch two RBI single in the 10th. That was kind of the big hit from Ty France. Uh, Gino went one for five with the home run. That was his 17th on the year. And then uh, Taylor Hernandez. So despite his league average numbers, um, 720 OPS, this was his 18th home run. Uh, 100 WRC plus. As I've said before, I he can really truly carry an offense um, for a period of time. Uh, he's that kind of hitter, and you have to deal with his long stretches of chasing breaking balls outside of the zone. But he carried the offense in this game. He's five for five. He scored a run, three RBIs, a double, his 18th home run. He really truly did carry the offense, and he did have that stretch a few months back where he did the same. I like him. Um, 
Part of me hopes the Mariners re-sign him uh, at the end of this year. I think there is that possibility depending on his asking price. But um, again, he carried the offense. He and Ty France. Uh, Jose Caballero contributed in this game as well. Two for four, two runs, an RBI, two doubles, and a steal. Uh, believe it or not, Jose Caballero is a is 1% better uh, weighted runs created wise than uh, the major league average offensive player uh triple slash of two set 227 350 uh 330 which is a 680 ops but him getting on base and running as much as he does don't forget he is a uh, an elite defender as well uh, i'd like to see him get a little more time despite the low average but again two runs two for four and then rojas was one for four with that home run so mariners end up hitting four home runs in the fourth inning off of Jordan Lyles, take a 7-0 lead into the uh, fifth inning. At this point, Emerson Hancock was cruising. He... So coming into the fifth, MJ Melendez singles to right. Um, Freddie Fermin, I always want to call him Felix Fermin. Again, I would be showing my age there. Lines out to right field. Then Matt Beatty comes up left-handed hitter journeyman and he hit a pop fly to kind of in between second base and right field and Josh Rojas and Taylor Hernandez didn't communicate and that ball dropped in for a single in this situation uh typically the outfielder who's coming in should be calling off the infielder uh to me this was inexcusable it counts as a single but in all likelihood this should have been an out um I was upset for Emerson Hancock in this situation, not just because I roster him in uh, in fantasy baseball, but I just I felt like it was um, I felt like it was an egregious error on uh, Teo and Josh Rojas's part, um, and this ended up being a really uh, a pivotal moment for. Hancock um the XBA on this pop fly was 010 10 not 100 it was 010 that was the XBA on Matt Beatty's pop fly so this should have been caught um it wasn't what ended what ends up happening now is you've got now you've got two on and one out instead of one on and two outs. So two on, one out, Drew Waters flies out to left field. That would have been the third out. Had that been the third out, Emerson Hancock's line would have read five innings, five hits, no runs, no walks, one strikeout. We can pick apart the one strikeout. He scattered some hits. He didn't pitch particularly well. Um, I think we're going to have games of uh, performances by Emerson Hancock where he's not striking out a ton. Um, he's going to give up some hits because he does get ground balls, so on and so forth. But instead of getting out of the inning and having pitched five scoreless innings, Emerson Hancock now has two on and two outs. He gives up an infield single to Kyle Isbell. Um, and then, uh, Michael Garcia singles to left scoring MJ Melendez. 
After this, Bobby Wood Jr. comes up, bases loaded, two away. Second pitch of the at-bat is a 91-mile-an-hour fastball that was uh, down the middle but bottom rail. And he, uh, Bobby Witt, hit it out for a grand slam. So now the Kansas City Royals have scored five runs instead of no runs. Game is now 7-5. And, of course, the Mariners go on to win. But Emerson Hancock's line... Instead of giving up no runs in five innings, he gave up five runs in five innings. In my opinion, that pop fly, again, was it was inexcusable that it wasn't caught. The majority of the responsibility goes to that right fielder who was coming in on the ball, Teo Hernandez. Um, pretty clearly, according to Baseball Savant, with the 0-1-0 XBA, uh, it's clear that it should have been caught. So frustrated for Hancock. Mariners still maintain a, a two-run lead going into the sixth, um, continues. And then Kansas City ends up, well, the Mariners score another run in the seventh. So they're up 8-5. And then bottom nine, well, excuse me, eighth inning, Mariners bring in um, Andres Munoz. High leverage situation in the eighth. Uh, Justin Topo was pitching. Bobby Witt Jr. lines out to center. Michael Massey singles. Salvador Perez singles. You've got first and second, one out. Topa at this point has thrown 23 pitches. He had thrown 13 pitches the day before. Mariners decide to go to Munoz um, with two on and one out in the bottom of the eighth, probably the highest leverage situation of the game. He gets MJ Melendez to pop out, and then he gets uh, Freddie Fermin to ground out. So gets out of the eighth inning. Mariners maintain that uh, that 8-5 lead. Munoz comes back out for the ninth and uh, Nelson Velasquez is safe at first on a throwing error by Josh Rojas. Drew Waters flies out. Samad Taylor walks. Now you've got first and second and one out. Michael Garcia grounds out to second. Um, Now you've got second and third and two away. Bobby Witt Jr. is walked. Now you've got bases loaded. Michael Massey singled. Scoring two. Game is now 8-7. Bobby Witt's on second base. Um, And then Salvador Perez singled to make the game 8-8. So Andres Munoz gives up three runs in the ninth to allow the game to be tied and go on to extra innings. Now, those runs weren't earned because of Josh Rojas's throwing error. But you don't, despite the throwing error, you would expect Andres Munoz to be able to get through the ninth with the three-run lead. Um, with his stuff. We will dig into in a moment what is going on with Andres Munoz and his stuff. Uh, but the Mariners did come back in the 10th, tie game 8-8. Uh, eventually tie France with two outs, hits a two-run single uh, to center field to score Caballero and Cade Marlowe. Um, super clutch. Uh, Ty France is starting to heat up. I know I've given him a lot of crap. Uh, and talked about how I feel like the Mariners should replace him in the offseason. He is still a league average hitter, but he is hot right now, and um, that's worth something. So Mariners take a 10-8 lead. Uh, Terra Saucedo comes in for the save. So getting back to Munoz, his stuff is down. There's no real way to put it. His velocity is 
is down. And I think he's wearing down both because of the pressure and the increased usage over the last couple of weeks. Um, he was down uh, 1.4 miles an hour on the four-seamer. He averaged 97.6. His yearly average is 99. Uh, he was down the sinker 1.6 miles an hour. He is not in do- getting the same swings and misses that he was earlier in the season. Uh, in this game, 18 swings, he only got three whiffs, 17%. For the season, he's at 39.8%. So he was less than half of his whiff rate in this game. Last time I had looked at his whiff rate on the year, it was at 44. So it's been coming down uh, quickly. He just doesn't look the same. He doesn't look electric in the way that he did earlier in the season. And I think it's the usage. I think it's um, over the last couple of weeks. I think it's probably in part the pressure. Uh, again, I've said before, I'm not a huge proponent of uh, buying into the the psychology and the mental makeup of a closer, but I do think there's something to it that's pretty clear in what's going on with the Mariners right now after the trade of Paul Seawald. I would, I'm on record as saying I would do the trade 10 out of 10 times um, because of the bats that you acquired, but the Mariners do have to do something about this bullpen. It is an issue. Uh, so again, the Mariners win 10-8. Another roller coaster game, another like high blood pressure, uh, stress you out Mariners fans type of game. But the Mariners pull through uh, the offense. It was the offense this time. Uh, I just wanted to say real quickly about the offense. I find it fascinating that the Mariners are right in the middle league average as far as runs scored uh, per game. I was looking at... Uh, Ty France, Eugenio Suarez, Teoscar Hernandez, and Jose Caballero, because those were the four offensive stars in this game. And the WRC plus of those four players, Teo Hernandez is a 100 WRC plus. So he is a league, exact league average weighted runs created player, league average offensive player, plain and simple. Caballero 101. Eugenio Suarez, 104, Ty France, 108. Mariners have a league average offense, and it's pretty much across the board. And I I just found that fascinating that they were right there, and it coincided with or is related to their uh, runs per game. Uh, Getting back to the bullpen, currently as it's constructed, you know, you have Andres Munoz closing. Matt Brash came in because Munoz had pitched the previous two games. You've got Topa and Brash as the right-handed uh, setup guys, two very different pitchers. Matt Brash, 100-mile-an-hour fastball, cutter slider, knuckle curve, um, electric stuff, strikeout stuff, can be wild. Justin Topa, sinker slider, will pitch to more contact, um, induce more double plays, Less likely to blow up, less likely to walk hitters, but um, more likely to give up uh, hits despite Matt Brash's um, hits per inning. I just, or hits per nine, nine innings. I think Brash is, as I said before, has just given up an extremely high batting average of balls in play. He's been unlucky. You've got Saucedo and Spire as your lefties out of the pen, and then Thornton, Isaiah Campbell, and Ryder Ryan currently to kind of mop up. Here's my suggestion. I think that 
for one, having Andres Munoz pitch as kind of almost exclusively as your closer may not be the best um, role for him at this particular moment. I think that you could look at him as the closer going into next season, uh, but he's clearly more comfortable in the eighth. I think those are typically, you know, you can use him in the highest leverage situations in the seventh and eighth. To me, that's where he needs to be. And then I would mix and match in the ninth because Topa and Brash are so different in their approach. You can use them based on um, situation and uh, opposing team, right? If you feel like Brash is a better matchup as a strikeout artist, then you use him. If you need to induce ground balls and you think sinker slider is the better approach, then you use Topa and then Gabe Spire to face tough lefties. And I would not be against using those three in the ninth and keeping moving Munoz back into his high leverage role in the seventh and eighth. Um, I also think that carrying Ryder Ryan, Isaiah Campbell and Trent Thornton is hurting the bullpen because you don't trust any of those three in higher leverage situations. Uh, Thornton, I think could be effective against right-handers because of the high spin sweeper. Um, I don't, I would not like to see Trent Thornton against uh, good left-handed hitters in high leverage situations, but I do think he could be effective. He's also 30 years old and he's been through some stuff with the Blue Jays. And so I like that uh, he's got some, you know, he's been through the wars a little bit, shall I say. You need some of that out of the pen. Uh, Campbell has, as I've said, looks like a seventh inning reliever to me. He's not that dynamic. He's not as dynamic as I expected him to be. Um, and then Ryder Ryan is 28. You know, he's there to mop up. But if the Mariners can replace two or all three of those guys with pitchers that that have a little more dynamic stuff, that you could potentially use in the seventh and eighth inning, then I think the responsibility of those high leverage situations can start to be a little more spread out. And you may not have to use Munoz two days in a row, wear him out, and then bring, you know, use somebody like Matt Brash was in um, two days ago in a situation where you may not feel perfectly comfortable with him in that situation. Uh my suggestion is, you know, you picked up Adam Aller from the athletics. Adam Aller is a right-handed. He was starting for the A's for a while. Um, he has decent stuff. He's pitched in the major leagues. Uh, he's pitched pretty well in um, in AAA so far this season. And I think that you give someone like that an opportunity to come up. What's the difference between him and Isaiah Campbell or or he and Ryder Ryan at this point in time? I don't think there's a whole lot of difference, to be honest. Uh, he started six games in AAA for Tacoma, 34 innings, 26 hits, 17 walks, 33 strikeouts. Um, he could be that mop-up role that Ryder, Ryder Ryan is in, that long role, but a pitcher who was pitched in the major leagues. He threw 74 innings for the athletics uh, last year. And he threw 19 innings for the athletics this year. He wasn't effective in either at either of those times, 
But again, you're going from the A's to the Mariners. And the Mariners clearly saw something that they wanted to tweak in him by picking him up. So Adam Aller, I would replace Ryder Ryan with Adam Aller. He's got big league, big league experience. As I said, he's pitched pretty well in AAA so far this season. And then I would consider bringing back Prelander Baroa and either replacing Thornton or Campbell with Baroa. Part of why I say that is Baroa has the most electric stuff of really any reliever that the Mariners have that could even be considered. Ty Adcock, Diego Castillo, Edward Bazardo, Ryan Jensen, who they just picked up. Of those guys, Baroa has the highest upside, the best stuff, the most elite uh, pitches, right? And I think Baroa, there is a an outside chance that you bring Baroa up and he's young and he's not totally aware of the situation and he's able to pitch in high leverage situations because he's just out there pitching and he's not in his head. To me, that's how he comes across. I would love to see him replace one of those guys. You start to kind of implement him a little more. He is going to be in the Mariners bullpen in 2024. This would be trial by fire, but at this point, Baroa gives you a higher upside than Thornton or Campbell does. So you bring up Aller. He's kind of your mop-up guy. He's going to give you some quality innings at times. He's got big league experience. You bring up Baroa, and now you've got another electric arm, right? If if Baroa is successful or even halfway successful, then you're adding him to that Brash Topa Munoz mix. Now you have four right-handed relievers that have electric stuff that you are confident in throwing. And so I think they need to lengthen that bullpen with relievers that uh, Scott Service can trust. Because right now it's clear that he doesn't trust Thornton, Campbell, or Ryan. Which is why you have an outing by Andres Munoz where he throws 42 pitches. He's a two-time Tommy John survivor. Right? And he just threw 42 pitches in a relief outing in Kansas City. And this was the third game that he pitched in the last four. Um, I surely hope. Munoz isn't wearing down. Again, the velocity was down. Um, but I think the Mariners need to make some moves with the bullpen. I'll be interested to see what uh, what Jerry DePoto and the front office decide to do in this situation. Nevertheless, Mariners win 10-8, move to 64-55, uh, and keeping pace in the wild card, keeping pace in the AL West, about a 30% chance to make the playoffs. They need to keep pushing. Uh Tonight's matchup, 5-10 Pacific start, Luis Castillo against James MacArthur. Again, I think this is a bullpen game or an he's an opener. Um, MacArthur has not started a game for the Royals as of yet. Uh, he's pitched in five games for the Royals, six innings, 12 hits, two walks, two strikeouts. Uh, 12 games in AAA Omaha with, to a 4.28 ERA. Uh, he was drafted by the Phillies in the 12th round, 2018 draft. He's 26 years old, 6'7", 230, right-handed. Uh, funny, he is from, or he was born in New Braunfels, which is the same place that Bryce Miller is from, Jordan Westberg of the Orioles as well. It's just been in our consciousness, that town has been in our consciousness for the last six months or so because of all these players 
who are popping up from there. Uh, he went to college at Ole Miss, and he was added to the Phillies 40-man in 21. He started 23 in AAA Lehigh, uh, but was designated for assignment in May and then traded to the Royals. So kind of a journeyman at this point, uh, still 26 years old, throws a sinker at 94, a curveball at 82. That is a 2,800-plus RPM curveball. Uh the curveball he throws about 37% of the time, and then a slider at 86. Uh, he's very much a ground ball pitcher so far this season. Granted, it's only six innings, but a 69% ground ball rate so far this season. I would expect him to go one or two innings. Um, Alec Marsh originally was slated to be the starter for the Royals. Uh, he's a right-hander as well. I would expect to see him in this game. Luis Castillo is going for the Mariners, 8-7 and seven with a 3.14 ERA. That is good for 10th amongst uh, qualified starting pitchers in the major leagues and 7th in the American League. 1.03 whip, 4th in Major League Baseball, 4th in the American League amongst qualified starters. Interestingly enough, George Kirby is 1st in whip and uh, Logan Gilbert is 7th. 6.2% walk rate, 28% K rate. as I've said before, a little better against righties than lefties. His last start against Baltimore at home on the 11th was six innings, two hits, one run, two walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, clearly, the Mariners have the advantage in this game. Mariners have the better offense. You're talking about a top 10 major league starter against a the 27th ranked offense in baseball runs per game-wise who are throwing a journeyman as an opener. So the Royals are in some ways almost conceding this game. You would expect the Mariners to win. I said that about game one of the series. The Mariners didn't win that game. So we'll see what happens. Uh, But expect the Mariners to score early and often. Expect Luis Castillo to pitch well. Uh, Should be fun. Mariners need to just keep pushing, keep grinding it out. Uh, This is the stretch run. The bullpen needs to get sorted out, and uh, they need to continue to get timely hitting from uh, different places to support uh, Julio Rodriguez. So, again, 64 and 55, um, a couple games out of the wild card. Game tonight should be fun. Looking forward to it. Uh, Thank you for listening to today's Mariners cast. Once again, we are uh, presented by Sports Ethos. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20 in the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Enjoy your Wednesday. Enjoy Luis Castillo Day. Uh, take care, y'all. Peace.